guys, it's Monday. Happy Monday to you all. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm your host, Linda Entwi. There is so much that's gone on today. Like, I just, I say this every episode, I feel. I say that every episode, but really, 90 Day Family keeps us busy. So if you guys haven't heard yet, there is a new season of 90 Day the Fiance, 90 Day the Fiance, 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. We have a whole new set of characters. We've got baby girl Lisa 2.0. We've got Paul 2.0. It is wild and crazy. So y'all need to check out the sneak peeks that I've uh, posted. It's all over our social media. So you can't, you can't miss it. Um, what else? A lot of babies are happening. There's just a lot going on, you guys. And I am just trying to like hold it all in. Friday, y'all. Friday, Patreon subscribers, you guys are in for another treat, another week of just nonsense. Uh, we're going to do uh, housekeeping as we normally do. And first and foremost, wherever you're watching, if you can hit that thumbs up, that would be very, very helpful. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we have Super Chat, Super Chat stickers to support the show bottom of your screen you can see where else you can support the show and if it wasn't for olivia vanessa trisha trina jennifer sherry lillian uh sydney nia Rodella, linda brianna crystal amanda times two because there's two of them jaleesa angela megan marianne donna over at anchor fm uh ebony elizabeth carly geek girl hey geek girl hey betsy christina beth uh, Chandra, Judy, Cassandra, Deb, and Janice. These shows wouldn't happen because they are all Patreon subscribers getting all the VIP content. And I appreciate y'all. See Cruz. <laughs> she says, right? I was finished with 90 Day and they brought me right back in. Hey, Janice from Toronto, Canada. I too, well, I was born in North York. And uh, if you're from Toronto, you know where that is. I'm raised in Vancouver, BC, but uh, I call both places home. All right, you guys, let's jump into season three, episode eight, Selective Virtues of the Other Way. Hey, Vanessa girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Listen, first, I want to say this disclaimer, okay? This is my disclaimer. Jenny and Samit are married. I don't care what y'all are saying. Those are facts. And I'm sticking to those facts. That is my gut instinct. I believe it to be true. That being said, Jenny meets with her friend that all of a sudden Jenny has a friend. Did, did you all know she had, uh, Deepali was her friend? Okay. Your one friend. Why are we just meeting her? We've seen you and Submit for like a thousand years. and We're just meeting your one friend now. Maybe it's a new friendship. I'll give her that. But she's going to meet with her friend because she is really not happy with what happened with the counselor. And, you know, she wants to talk about it. She wants to talk about it with her friend. And so she goes and tells uh, DePauli about the counselor and Summit's family moving in and how she doesn't really feel like it's a good idea because she doesn't feel like she wants to be trained and the friend's like hey listen that's a, it's okay like that's culturally it's something that we do here it's a tradition and explains how when she got married her mother-in-law moved in for a little bit and showed her the ropes and you know there really are blended families there and that's how they live and then jenny says the infamous line that i still don't understand that no one can explain it to she jenny's like but i'm an american Jenny, what the fuck does that even mean that you're an American? Because she got shut down real quick because DePauli said, but this is India. Facts. Facts. What does that mean? Everything is, oh, I'm an American. I'm an American. What does that even mean? It's like, 
is it supposed to mean something? Are you supposed to be better than? Like, I, I explain it to me, y'all. Explain it in the live chat. Explain it in the replay, because I'm still trying to understand when some people say that, what exactly do they mean by that? So Dipali says, but hey, listen, you're in, in India, and maybe you should just be more positive about it. Maybe they're trying to put a step forward and try to accept you and accept, accept your relationship. And instead of having a negative attitude about it, have a positive attitude and maybe you'll have a positive outcome. It's like the secret, right? You put out there what you want and you'll get it back. Yes. Better days, better days, such an embarrassing statement. It really is. It's very, it's just very, I don't know what. Jenny doesn't think it's a good thing. She doesn't want her. <laughs> hey, geek girl. Hey. Uh, Vicky says, I'm an Australian. And then I'm going to say, I'm a Canadian. What does that even mean, y'all? <laughs> um, so Jenny doesn't think it's a, it's a good idea. She thinks that her mother-in-law is trying to run her out of India. She's trying to make her life hard. And she is not having it. And her friend says, you know, Jenny, maybe it's time for you to change your attitude. Like if you change your attitude and you embrace your mother-in-law, then maybe it will be a better experience. Yeah, Jenny, maybe it will be. So fast forward, they're getting the guest room ready and they brought in furniture. They're fixing it up for the parents. We find out from Smith that he's going to offer whatever room. If you want to take our bedroom, feel free, ew, but take our bed. If you want our bed and our bedroom, then take that. And here's the thing that's about funny about Summit, I find, you guys. I think that he's just loving it. He's getting his cake and eating it, too. And I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. He absolutely wants his family to move in because that's what he's used to. He's always ever lived with his family. And then I have to tell you this, you guys. After I saw what was going on in that household, I would want my mom there, too, because they are living in squalor, pure squalor. House is beautiful. But someone's not doing something, and the two of them are equally to blame as far as I'm concerned. How are you all sitting in your living room? You put all your drinks over. You've got your little cup and your drink, and you put it down. No coaster. If you're a no coaster family, that's cool. But how about wipe up after? You're just going to leave the ring stains on, on your coffee table, on your dining table? Like, what? Who? What? Who lives like that? And like, I'm sorry, Jenny and Samit, what are y'all both busy doing? Because none of y'all work. So I can understand you have a hectic lifestyle and you're like coming and going. Jenny's retired and Samit's never had a job. Well, he had that one job at the call center, but come on. He ain't working. You ain't working. And you guys are, so you're not working. You ain't got kids to raise and you're not cleaning your house. So what exactly are you two doing? Just curious. Just curious. So um, they're fixing it up. And the parents are coming there because the parents don't really fully accept it yet. And so they don't want Samit and Jenny to come to their house because they don't want the neighbors to find out. They don't want their friends to find out. So they're going to like take a little road trip over to Jenny and Samit and see what's going up there. And then Samit goes into this whole tangent about how they have to live better. And until I saw that nasty ass kitchen and like food on the floor, open, like, Like that's like a, it can manifest 
insects that you don't really want in your house. Like when you're just leaving everything all around, crumbs everywhere, you're peeling onions and you don't even wipe the onion peels off the floor. You just leave it for like, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to understand. Okay. I'm trying to understand. So Samit says, you know, we can probably adjust a little bit because, you know, we don't wake up early and, you know, my parents wake up early. They wake up at like five or six and, you know, I don't have a problem. My family lives with me because I actually miss them. And then Jenny takes that totally personally. She's like, what are you talking about? You can go visit your parents any other time. I can't visit my kids. They're all He's just saying he's used to culturally living in a multi-culture, not cultural, but multi-layered family where their extended family is living with you as well. That's his culture and that's what he's used to. And I think that that's what he's saying he's missing. He's missing the whole unity of it all. So he doesn't have a problem. Plus I bet his mom sweeps the floor and wipes coffee tables down. I'm just saying like, Jenny, you're a grown ass woman. You, you raise children. You have kids. What did you do in your house? Are you just, because you're retired, you're just on break. You ain't doing none of that stuff. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. It's very, very odd. So Submit misses living with his parents. He has no problems with parents live with him. And then he says something that I think is hilarious. He wants to kind of have like a regular life. He wants to work. He wants to be more active. He says, yes, Submit, because for the past, what, six, seven years, 10 years that you've been with Jenny, you ain't worked. You're probably not active. You're really living like the retired lifestyle because Jenny's retired. So the two of you do nothing. So yeah, I'm sure you're 32 years old and you want to get out there and be a little more active and have a job since you're acting retired and you've never had a a career to retire from. I I see how that that would be something that you're aiming towards since you're 32 years old. (laughs) Anyhow... So he wants to work. He wants to be more active. He thinks having his family there is going to help him do those things. Kudos to you. So the parents are on the way and the mom is like, oh, I already have a headache. You know, I don't know if Jenny's too old to like really learn something new. Maybe she's set in her ways. The dad says she's like a stubborn child. But, you know, we're doing this to support Submit and support and like put put a step forward saying, you know, we're trying and we're trying to accept you and we're trying to accept this, this relationship. So they get to the house and the greetings were really nice. You guys, the mom was nice to Jenny. Jenny hugged her, complimented her. It was all great until they got into the house. And when they got into the house, mom sat down and it's hard to miss it. Those rings on that, that tabletop were very clearly put there. And so the mom's like, uh, is this a new design? Like, what's happening here? And Jenny took offense to it. Now, the reason why I think Jenny was mad, you guys, is because she was embarrassed. Because you're living filth, like in filth. For what? Because you're not busy doing anything. You can't quickly just throw a rag over that real quick. You know your, your mother-in-law, who's not really your biggest fan, is coming to stay with you. You can't clean up real quick. But you can go buy new furniture. But you can't clean up. Make it make sense, really. So as soon as the mom saw that, she's like, uh, can I get a tour of the house? And I would want a tour too. You want to know why, you guys, if you're staying at someone's house and you're going to be staying there for some time and it's filthy, like you want a heads up. So mom goes to the kitchen and 
the kitchen was disgusting, you guys. I'm sorry. Jenny didn't even know where the broom was. Well, you don't know where the broom is because you've never used a broom since you moved in there. Trash all over the floor. Um, the mom's and food all over the counters. She's cooked. She's cooked and the dishes are still on the stove. She's washed dishes, but they're still in like the drying rack. Shit on the floor. It was, and then the food on the floor where the shit on the floor is too. Like what is happening? Like, what are y'all doing? So Jenny's face, you guys, did you see it? Her face was turning red and she was getting mad. And Samit's like, don't get mad. Like, don't get mad about this. And she's like, I'm getting mad because it's my kitchen and I should do what I, well, Jenny, yeah, it is your kitchen, but why are you being so filthy? Like, it takes you seconds to clean up real quick after yourself. What do you, like, my question to you all is what is she busy doing? Someone explain that to me. Angelica says, I'm a kitchen freak. I need my kitchen in order. Jenny's kitchen looked like her tornado passed. The backsplash. What the hell is going on? What is going on? I'm just curious. What are you busy doing? And what was happening in the sink, y'all? How? Let me not get started. I, you all saw for your own eyes. I was surprised. I was surprised. And I was very, very surprised. Ebony <laughs> Ebony said Jenny is living her best lazy life facts Jenny doesn't want to wake up early Jenny doesn't want to have to work because she's already worked like she said six days a week Jenny doesn't want to have to really cook and clean she doesn't want to do nothing she wants to wake up have the love of her life who doesn't ever want to marry her even though they're already married wants to just kick it let him talk shit she talks shit and live her best life facts Ebony, facts. You are preaching, preaching facts. So we'll see what happens with them. Ellie and Victor. All right. So here's my disclaimer. There is no way in hell, absolutely no way in hell I would be in a relationship like this. Not, I don't know how many you guys saw all over Twitter, all over Instagram, the red flag hashtag that was going on. I don't know how many red flags we need to be seeing with Ellie and Victor, but it's all just one big red flag. They should just wave the red flag all over the place. Staying in a hotel is taking its toll. Why is it taking its toll, you ask? Is because it's expensive. They're paying for the hotel and they're paying for the food. They're paying for the transportation. And by they, I mean Ellie. Ellie? You left your full-on productive life, business owner, homeowner, a life to go find Victor, who's a grown-ass man. And I get there was a natural disaster and all the things. But before there was a natural disaster, what was he doing with his life? And if you didn't come, where would he be staying? Would he be staying up in a hotel because he ain't got no money? So where would he be staying? Would he probably be staying with his family? Probably. But guess what? He's living the laps of luxury because you're paying for it. And I am trying to figure out what is it that she's gaining from this relationship? Because he ain't got no money. He lies. He cheats. He has a domestic violence background. So I'm just trying to figure out what, what are we gaining here? And the only thing I can think of is, you know what? So they are going to rent an apartment because the hotel is too expensive. By they, again, I mean Ellie. Ellie is now renting an apartment. 
so that they can live in San Andreas for like a couple of months while they rebuild their house. And by they, I mean Ellie. So I'm like, you're rebuilding this house. You're living in hotels. You're paying for food. You're renting apartments. How much is all this costing? And and what is Victor contributing to all your house that you're rebuilding that you are absolutely not going to be living in? Victor wants, oh, Lord, let me not jump ahead. So they get into their new place. Ellie wants to talk about cheating and how he literally moved in with a whole other woman, talked about having kids with that woman, all the things. He's like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. And here's the thing that that took me out. He said, oh, well, that was just during quarantine. Well, yeah, Victor, because you're a user. So Ellie wasn't there. You wanted to see how you could survive because you're kind of a little bit of a bum and you ain't got no place to stay and you ain't got no money and no job. So let you just quickly hook up with this woman during quarantine so you have somewhere to lay your head. And then had the nerve to say, quote, he didn't mean most of the things that they were talking about. So when they were talking about kids and future and family and all the things he didn't really mean it there's another red flag because guess what all the shit he's telling you ellie he doesn't really mean it but guess what you're the new bank account so he's gonna say whatever he has to say in order to keep you there you feel me you see what i'm saying if he's literally saying he didn't mean most of the things how can you believe that he's he means the things he's saying to you if you took your paycheck away and you took the funds away, would he actually be staying with you? Or are you the great American provider? I'm just curious. What would he do if you weren't there? Guaranteed, he'd be under someone else that would fund his lifestyle. And that should be another red flag for her. But it's not. So... Here's the thing. I know Ellie knows better. And I know she feels it in her gut because the first thing she asks him, well, was the other woman supporting you? And then he's like, oh, well, she never gave me any money. Well, that doesn't mean she wasn't supporting you. Clearly she was supporting you since you were living under her roof. She may not have physically given you, here's a penny, but she was supporting you. And then I was like, are you sure? Because she said that you asked her to buy a motorcycle for you silence on his end then he says i'm not with anyone for money for clothes for a bike well you have a very specific list it's almost like you've been asked this question before not hey you know what none of that material stuff means anything to me i love you for you if we had nothing if we had to live outside on the streets as long as we were to no he didn't say that he said i'm not with anyone for money no you're not with anyone for money, but you're with them so that they can provide the money for the things that you need. You're not saying, hey, give me a hundred bucks. You're saying, hey, buy that drill for me and rebuild my house. And oh, by the way, I want a generator. Oh, and by the way, we need an apartment. And oh, by the way, let's stay in this hotel. Like, So I know she knows that in her gut, something's not right. I know she knows it. And then she tries to say, well, maybe it's my own insecurity. And I was like, no, girl, it's your gut. Your gut is telling you something is off here. 
you're not being insecure. You're saying, hey, I think I'm being taken advantage of. And in her own words, she says, he doesn't really get the value of a dollar. And plus, he's not even grateful. And you can see that when they're shopping. So she's getting stressed out. She's like, this whole thing is a financial strain. She's had to rent the place. She's paying for the reconstruction of the house. Victor has no money. So all the pressure's on her. They go to this place to buy a drill, but dr the drill's $148. The cheapest one is $112. He also wants a generator. And she's like, I don't know who he thinks I am, but he thinks that all Americans clearly are rich, which I have to tell you that a lot of places in the world think that. They think that all Americans are living Beverly Hills lifestyles, which is absolutely not the truth. And so they don't value the dollar. But here's the thing. What's the saying, you guys? You teach a man to fish. Wait, what is it? I know you guys know it. You teach a man to fish and he fishes for a lifetime. You give him a fish and he eats for a day. It's something like that. That's Victor, in my opinion. I think that Victor's so used to people just giving him shit that he doesn't appreciate it. He expects it. Okay? Because I want you guys to go back to the moment when they were checking out. They were checking out and he had this little smirk on his face and smile that he gave to the attendant, the cash register person. And I didn't like it at all. I was like, oh, he's used to this whole, like, let me go shopping with no money and let this woman pay for it all. I'm just trying to like, why is that okay? Why is she your great savior? What would you do if she wasn't there? That's all I'm saying. His plan is that they're going to stay in the apartment for a couple of months and go to Provencia and build up his house. You know how ridiculous that sounds? I got this woman that I met online from America. She flew out in the middle of a natural disaster to be with me. I gave her a little loving and she opened her pocketbook to me. And now she's going to help me build my house even though she's already sent me thousands and thousands of dollars, but we need more money because there was, there was a hurricane that came through and I need to rebuild and I don't have a job and I don't have a career, but she's got money. <laughs> okay, then. <sighs> this show, this show is so much. Ari and Benny. Uh, so Ari is coming back to the U.S. for the first time in like a year. It's going to be the first time that Avi has been in the U.S., her parents, uh, Fred and Janice, are super excited to pick her up, and they're glad she's home. She wants to adjust to being in the U.S. again, and she's kind of happy about it. She's worried about Benny. So parents pick her up. It's a great reunion. She's in the car. She calls Benny. Benny's with her friends, his friends, and she's worried about that because she feels like that's going to bring a whole set of new issues. And I, hey, Esperé, hey, girl, hey. And because, you know, that's been an issue in the past where he goes out all night, hangs out with his friends, but he's like, I'm there because I don't want to be lonely. And if I'm lonely, I'm going to be by myself and I'll be sad. But if I'm around my friends, then I'm going to be happy and all the things. But I don't know. I can see both sides. I can see how she would be upset. Like, hey, that was already an issue for us. But then I can also see how he would be upset because 
he's literally we saw from the last episode is very heart-wrenching he was so sad right he was worried that they weren't going to come back and that he lost his family so he's trying to distract himself so i kind of see both sides of the story Ari's happy to be around her family. Um, her brother Brad's there. Her brother Elliot's there. Her sister Kristen is there. And I remember Kristen from that first season that we met her. And I will say this. So they're having dinner. And Janice is up front. She's like, you know what? My ultimate goal is for you guys to move back. Uh, I want you guys to be back here in New Jersey. I want you guys to live with us or live close to us or be around us. That's my ultimate goal. And then Kristen says, okay, and you guys might not agree with me, but this is this is my opinion, okay? I think Kristen in this moment was absolutely disgusting. I think she was super entitled, super entitled, privileged, unnecessary behavior. So Kristen says long-term living in Ethiopia is not realistic, um, that her decision to live in Ethiopia was all, it was now all fun and games, but she needs to get realistic about school systems, about opportunities, about lifestyle, about safety. And I said in my mind, and excuse my language, but I want you guys to know I'm serious. Fuck you, bitch. Okay. So first of all, no disrespect. America's not the end all be all. There are plenty of countries that have people that are thriving. Okay. And just like how America has doctors and lawyers, every other country has that too. Okay. Every other country has different classes. And just because this show shows you the lower class does not mean in that country that there are not upper class and they're, they're educated people and smart people and safe areas, and all the things. And so for her to say that about, living in Ethiopia really struck a wrong chord with me. I think it's, I think it's ignorant. I think it's privileged. I think it's, it's stroking an unreal situation. And I always say to all of you guys, all my viewers, go ahead and travel. When the world opens up, go ahead and travel and see for yourself because the end all be all is not often what people think. Okay. And I'm going to give you an example. Since the pandemic, there are more people hurting in America than I've seen in a very long time. There's more homeless people. There are more people out of work. And even people that are working are reevaluating their lives. They're like, you know what? I'm not going to kill myself working 60 hours a day, or excuse me, 60 hours a week at a shitty minimum wage job when they don't respect me, they don't give me benefits, all the stuff. So there, if you guys are watching the news, there's like a little bit of an uprising because those little jobs are not able to retain employees anymore because those employees aren't going to take it anymore. Why should 1% of the population live a lavish lifestyle while the other 99% of Americans are struggling? It doesn't make sense. So I say all that to say that when Kristen said, oh, it's not realistic and the school systems and opportunities, you better look in your backyard. Besides the super privilege, there are people that are struggling right in your backyard. So stop playing. Stop talking shit. I don't like it. So carrying on. Um, 
Kristen continues to say, you know, where do you want all this stuff to take place? And what do you want for your life? Do you want your life to be better? Well, if you want your life to be better, then you should live in New Jersey. And the brother, I think it was Brad, said, and Binyam, he'll have an easier time here. He'll be able to build a life. And America's so great. And you guys should just move here. So then... Ari's like, you know, I did apply for the K-1 visa, but then the pandemic happened, so the embassy is closed, so I don't know. We haven't really talked about it. We don't know long-term if we're going to stay in Ethiopia or move back to America. And then Kristen says, you need to get real about life. We want to see Avi grow up. You had to think about the education system. You want him to grow up safely. And all I have as my note is shaking my damn head. Okay. And I will say this again. There are plenty of places all around the world that have wonderful places to live, education system, healthcare system. Don't even get me started. So I'm just saying, like, let's not be super, super. Yes. What Stevie said, super privileged and just demeaning to Ethiopian culture. That's it. That's all I need to say. <sighs> when say Cassidy can't understand why I'm understanding, I get what they're thinking. I don't know, T. Jones, what you're talking about. So if you can clarify, I will address that. Uh, moving on to Kenny and Armando and Hannah. Hannah's super cute. So super cute. Always just makes my heart go, uh, uh, uh. They're having a little beauty parlor moment. She takes out her play money, gets her nails done. She tips Armando. She tips Kenny. And then she runs off. And I thought that was super adorable. In the meantime, they're planning their wedding um, and also talking about expanding their family. Armando wants to, originally he wants to adopt, he says. And he wants to either adopt someone, a baby or a child that's close to a, Hannah's age or a baby. And Kenny's like a baby. I'm close to 60. No baby. He's like, I can envision it, but we need to be logical about this. And then Armando throws out, well, I want to maybe think about in vitro um, fertilization, a surrogacy, because having, you know, some a baby that has your blood will make our, our plant family complete. And, you know. Kenny has some reservations about this and he feels a little bit pressured. He wants to take it step by step because I don't think he thought about like, hey, I'm going to start all over at 58 and have like a baby, right? Which you guys, what do I always say about being in a relationship? What, S for A, what are the four things that I always say that you have to talk about before you get in a committed relationship? Four things. There are four things I say on my show on a regular basis that you have to talk about that are, are non-negotiables. Talk about them before you get in a serious relationship so that you don't have issues moving forward when it's it's too late. So what are the four things? Let me know in the comments. Let me know in the live chat. Um, so they're going to take it step by step and see what happens. And one of the steps that they decided to take is finding out uh, what the logistics are for same-sex couples to adopt in Mexico, how hard it is and all of that. So they went to an orphanage. And when I say I cried, you guys, I literally cried because 
we forget how blessed we are, right? Whatever, I don't know. Yes, better days. You need to talk about sex because it's important. You need to talk about kids. Do you want kids? Do you have kids? Very important belief system. Do you believe in God or you don't believe in God? Do you believe in aliens? You don't believe in aliens because that's going to affect how you move forward and money. How do you spend money? How do you save money? All the things. So the four things you need to talk about, period, nonstop, period. You don't, guess what? You have conversations like this when you're already too deep in. Oh, by the way, I want to have a baby. Really? I don't want to have a baby. Oh, by the way, we're not having enough sex. Well, I really don't kind of like sex. Well, you did in the beginning. Well, I don't now. I was just pretending. Uh, I want to go to church with our kids. I don't believe in God. Well, I thought you did. Well, no, we didn't talk about it. Hey, you just spent $1,000 on shoes. What's that about? I like spending money. I don't like spending money. I like saving money. I think you don't need that. Well, I think I do need it. You guys get the point. It's very, it, it can cause a lot of issues. Okay, I'm cracking myself up. Back to the show. So um, they decide that they're going to take the steps to see if they're going to expand their family. And one of the steps is that they go to this orphanage. And that's what I was saying. We are so, we forget about the, the, the I call it like the lost children, the forgotten children, you guys. This whole orphanage filled with uh, children who have no families that have HRV or AIDS and they're living in this orphanage. And when they, so, okay, let me back up. So Kenny said back in the eighties, and can I just say off topic, I've been watching all this eighties stuff. I don't know if you guys heard of this Chippendale murder thing that happened like starting in the 78 or 79 up in the eighties. I don't know what's going on in the eighties, but the eighties were rough. And then I'm watching this gang stuff and gangs in LA in the eighties was rough. Like what were y'all doing back then? It was fucking, it was very, the 80s were rough, y'all. Just very, very rough. People killing each other. Anyhow. So Kenny lost 80% of the people he knew in the 80s to HIV and AIDS. Um, so this kind of touched home for him. He was like, it would be so special if he could give back um, and help a child. And so they go to this orphanage um, to find out what that adoption process is going to look like. And it's very rare in Mexico for same-sex couples to adopt. Uh, they have to go through a whole process. And the woman that's running the orphanage said that it can take up to four years. Uh, but each case is different. And here's where I cried. Because it really is like the forgotten kids. Like, I don't know if I've thought about, like, think about you guys. Have you thought about an orphanage in the last, like, 90 days? I haven't. And think about, like, an orphanage and now the pandemic on top of it. I don't know. I just feel very blessed. Like I never, I haven't thought about that. Um, so I kind of cried because the kids came out and they were just so loving. You guys, they had hugs. They were excited to have visitors. Kenny and Armando brought gifts and it was just hugs and hugs and smiles and playing around. And it just was like, so it was a special moment. You know what I mean? It was a special moment. Um, so that happens. And then they take Hannah to the park and they want to talk about 
you know, their options. Are they adopting? Are they going to do in vitro, surrogacy, all the things? And visiting that orphanage kind of switched how both of them believe. So Kenny was really like, oh, we can adopt, we can adopt. Um, but now he really wants to do in vitro and have his own baby. And meanwhile, no, excuse me, I'm saying it wrong. Armando was like, we can adopt, adopt, adopt. And then he went to the orphanage and was like, oh, I want my own baby. And then Kenny was like, mm, I don't know what I want to do. But then now visiting the orphanage, he was like more open to adopting. So it was like a whole conversation that they have to have. But what they're going to do instead is focus on the wedding because the wedding is stressful enough and it's coming up in two months. And then they're going to revisit expanding their family after they get married. And what I love about these two, you guys, is that they communicate. They communicate about everything. And even if they don't agree, they communicate through their disagreement until they come to an agreement. And I think that that's beautiful. And it's very rare in the 90-day franchise world. And that's why I think that they're just going to be just fine no matter what they decide. Um, Lori says, Ellie's story is giving me flashbacks. Ellie's story is mine when I was in my 30s. Fell in lust with a beach hustler. Beach hustler, baby. I just want you to know. That's all I remember but that. Gave up a marriage job as an RN, although had one in Jamaica and all for great D. Oh, Lori, you sound very interesting. Oh, Lori, wow. You gave up a marriage and your nursing job? It must have been super great. Super, super, duper great. Super, duper, duper great. Uh, what is T. Jones saying? American overseas is not an American approach to medical issues. Privilege? If yes, okay. If it's privilege for an American overseas, since it's an American approach to social issues. I still don't understand, T. Jones, what you're talking about. Sorry. Um, Better Days is asking you who said that. You can go ahead and have that conversation and I'll try to keep up. Oh, she's asking a question. But who posed the issue? So I'll bring it up, you guys. T. Jones is saying an American overseas insisting on an American approach to medical issues is privilege. If yes, okay. Is it also privilege for an American overseas to insist on an American approach to social issues? An American overseas insisting on an American approach to medical issues is privilege. I don't believe, if you're saying that I said that, I absolutely did not say that. I said that it is privilege to say that living in Ethiopia is not safe and that they need to think about the education system and all of that's what I said, T. Jones. So I didn't talk about the medical issues. I actually didn't talk about Avi's hernia surgery at all. So... I'm not sure if you're asking me what I think about what you're saying or if you're saying that I said that, but I'm being clear that I never said that. So if you're asking me the question, then that's totally a different thing. Moving on to Alina and Steven. Oh, these two, you guys, these two, I, I really want, you know what I want to do? I want to share how Steven Steven has some, Steven likes sex. I'll say that. Steven likes sex. And my Patreon subscribers, y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'm really deciding if I should release that information during the season or if I should wait till their season is over. Because I know that shit will hit the fan 
if I release that information. So you guys can all revel in it with me. But I'm having a hard time with this storyline knowing what I know about Steven. So Steven without the V. <laughs> That's right. That's super funny. So they're having coffee. Well, they're not having coffee because they can't have coffee. But they're meeting with um, Alina's mom. And they're ordering their fruity drinks. But Alina's mom's going to have a coffee. Alina's like, oh, you know, can I have a little bit of that coffee? Try my mom's. And Stephen's like, no. The church says no coffee, no alcohol. The mom's like, well, is it because they're sinful drinks? And Stephen does the huh <laughs> And then he says, no, it's because we don't drink drink coffee and alcohol because the prophets told God that uh, because the told God that they shouldn't because the principles of good nutrition is that you don't drink coffee and alcohol. So the mom's like, are those principles based on real facts? And he's like, yeah, they are. God wants us to take care of our bodies. And when we take care of our bodies, we're blessed with knowledge. And when we're blessed with knowledge, the angel of destruction will pass us by. I was like, okay, okay. Alina's like, I used to drink coffee every day. I drink coffee every day too. I drink coffee every morning and I read my little news and... She's like, I used to drink coffee every morning and nothing happened to me. So I guess it's all about whatever you believe, right? Whatever you believe, I think, is exactly what the mom said too. So <clears throat> Stephen does huh, his little laugh. Wait, I didn't do it right. Huh, huh. That's how he does it. He laughs and he's trying to convert Alina's mom now. He's like, you know, I think that, you know, maybe in the future you get baptized and he wants her, her whole family to be baptized. And then says this, which I was uncomfortable. I was like, oh, no, he didn't. He said, you know, if we get married and we have kids, um, it could create a problem if grandma doesn't convert. I was like, he, what, prob what problem are you saying, Stephen, that it will create? So the mom's like, well... I think that you should respect all people and you should respect all religions and you should respect all people's choices. Facts. Those are facts. Don't run up in here and tell me that it's going to create a problem if I don't convert to your religion because your religion is the only religion. How about you have respect for my religion and I'll have respect for your religion. Oh, and if we're going to talk about having respect and upholding the covenants of, oh, don't let's not get started quite yet. So Alina's not impressed. She's like, that is not appropriate for Steven to be trying to convert my mom. And um, she's mad. So she's like, oh, so I can't drink coffee, but you can break the covenant of chastity. All shit broke loose there. She was like, listen, if you're going to go there, I'm going to go there too. And she went all the way there. She's like, oh, so you can pick and choose which commandments or whatever you like you pick and choose what you want to uphold because you're not going to drink coffee but you're going to have sex so what happened to that whole upholding the commandment of chastity like what's that about 
So she's like, you're a hypocrite. You know, you're making me follow all the rules of the church, but you can't even follow them. And the mom's like, so what are you saying? You can't live without coffee. No, she says, you can live without coffee, but you can't live without sex. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Y'all. I was like, oh, let's hear Stephen's answer to this because I'm curious, right? Because meanwhile, Alina's like, I was praying every day. I was reading the Book of Mormon every day. I was totally dedicated to you. I up upheld, upheld all the commandments. And then lo and behold, you're running amok, having sex left, right, and center, and acting like we weren't in a relationship. Stephen says, without experience, your faith can't be tested. And I was like, oh, here comes the backpedaling. And so he says, you know, I got the experience and now I can understand and appreciate the commandment of chastity more. And this is the part that threw me out, you guys. And I want you to hear what I'm saying. Lydia, hey, girl, hey. I want you to hear what I'm saying because if I heard it correctly, this is some bullshit. He said, so now he practices abstinence, you guys, okay? And he said, quote, only one girl has gotten pregnant being abstinent. And I was like, wait, what? What? Are you, was that a confession? A low-key confession? Are you trying to tell us that when you were practicing abstinence, air quotes, that you got a girl pregnant? but it was only one girl while you were practicing abstinence because that's what it sounded like. Only one girl has gotten pregnant being abstinent. Did y'all hear that? Did you hear him say that? Cause it came out of nowhere and it sounds to me like it was a confession. So he then goes on to say that sex is like eating veggies after eating a candy bar. Now, I don't understand what the hell that means. It's ref it, like, what does that mean? Uh, Christine and Esper are saying, no, he meant Mary, mother of God. I didn't know that that was in the Book of Mormon. Maybe I should read it and I, I would know, but I'm glad that you guys all know this. Um, Alina is like, I hate hypocrites. And I think you're a hypocrite and I don't want to have a hypocrite beside me. Lydia says, once you know the taste, you want it more. Dead. Okay, so he's talking about the Virgin Mary from the Bible. I was just, I didn't know that he was talking about the Bible because I was only thinking he's talking about the Book of Mormon. I don't know anything about the Book of Mormon, but I'm going to take what you all say. Uh, as far as I say, the Mormons use the Bible, but at the same time say it is wrong. Oh, see, I'm learning something new. So they use the Book of Mormon and the Bible at the same time. Um, so Alina says she hates hypocrites and she doesn't want a hypocrite beside her. Mom's like, this is some bullshit. Basically, I don't, I think this should be over. 
I want you guys to put a pause in this relationship. I think Alina needs to do some thinking. I too, Linda Entry, think that Alina needs to do some thinking. Meanwhile, Steven's twirling his hair <laughs> and apologizing. It was very uncomfortable. Alina shoes him away. She wants to talk to her mom alone. And her mom's like, you know what? You just need to break up with him. This ain't it. This ain't it. You need to come back to Russia. This ain't it. Okay. This ain't it. And then Lena's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Maybe this is just part of relationships. And you guys have to remember, she's only 20, right? And she's a virgin. So she hasn't, you know, been out there. And I just keep thinking, Alina, you're going to be a whole different person at 30 than you now are at 20. And I don't know, do you want to do this 10-year journey with, with Steven? I, I mean, and you're going to wait for him to change? He's 25, closer to 30 than it is to 20. I know that doesn't make sense because it's halfway, but in maturity, he's like 18. But in years, like he's going to be 30. He's not going to go back to the maturity level. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he'll never mature. I don't know. All I'm saying is she's 20, he's 25. She has a whole, like they both have their whole life. But you know what I'm saying? She's 20. I want her to have more experience with like people that are not Steven. That's what I'm saying. Um, so her mom wants her to come back to Russia on their way back of having this really serious conversation. They, they run into some bunny rabbits and apparently the bunny rabbits can do fortunes. And so she chooses a rabbit. The rabbit says she's beautiful. And the guy that loves her, loves her very much. And as long as they're together, her heart will be full with goodness. And she's looking at this fortune like it's a sign that she should give Stephen another chance. I personally don't think, oh, at Sea Cruise, I love you. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Thank you. I don't think it was a sign. Did y'all think that that rabbit fortune was a sign? I think that it was like, when you indeed fall in love, that person is going to love you so much and your heart is going to be filled with happiness and joy. That like overall, I don't think that the fortune was specifically about Stephen because she doesn't feel that way right now. She doesn't feel all happy and lovey-dovey. She feels angst. And she even said that she doesn't think that they're ready to get married because he's been lying to her the whole time. Lydia says, silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> Good night, Sea Cruise. See you uh, tomorrow. Um, okay. So. The mom's like, I'm not having this. Uh, I want you to come back to Russia with me. And she decides that she wants to give Stephen another chance because she loves him and he's going to do better and all the things. The mom thinks that, hey, listen, you're just giving excuses for for Stephen and you're lying to yourself. And y'all, see Cruz, Better Days. Uh, who else is in here from Patreon? Y'all know that that's facts. The mom is preaching facts, you guys. The mom is preaching facts. I want to tell you guys something. 
Steven. I'll say this. Steven needs to grow up. Steven needs to go and sow his seeds a whole bunch more. Because I personally think from the information that I have, he's been repressing his urges, but he hasn't been successful. And so that's going to blow up in his face. So I don't think he's in any position to get married right now. I just don't. I just don't. But we'll see. Because word on the street is that they're still together. And word and spoiler alert, they're traveling all through Europe together. And uh, she's not going anywhere without him. So that's the word on the street. <sighs> Evelyn and Corey. If you guys, um, here's my disclaimer, okay? Here's my disclaimer. Uh, I think Evelyn is a meanie. I think she's a bully. I think she's a narcissist. And I've had my own experience with her. So I try to be uh, neutral. But every time I see her on the TV and she says mean things, I just think it just confirms what I believe about her. So I say all that to say, if I have like a weird face, is because I just think, a lot of the stuff that comes out of her mouth is nasty. And I, I don't think she's a nice person. And if she is in real life, then so be it. But from what I've seen and what I've experienced in real life with her, no, she's not. So opens with Corey knocking on his own door that of the house that he's paid for with his own dollars because he wants to talk to Evelyn and Evelyn has locked him out of her room. He says that Evelyn is allowing him to stay in the extra room and he doesn't want to give up on his the relationship. He doesn't want to give on their love. He won't move out. Corey, I wouldn't move out either. If I friggin' bought that place, which you did, you're not kicking me out. If anyone, you know what, Evelyn, go ahead and pack your shit up and go back to your parents' house because the money that this roof is from, the lights are from, the water from, all that is from Corey. So you might have thought he did wrong, but what you're not about to do is kick him out of his own place. <laughs> okay. I, I just can't imagine. Okay, can you imagine? Am I being ridiculous? But can you imagine? Right now, wherever you're watching this, you're in your own place, okay? You pay the bills. You pay the bills to the, your own place. And then you meet your partner and your partner moves in. And you guys get in a fight and your partner says, you need to get out of here. <laughs> you know how absurd that sounds? No, you need to get out of here. Because... Anyhow... 
Corey doesn't see it like that. He's going to fight for the relationship because he's been down this road before, he says. He loves her. He wants to be with her. He's not moving out. He's going to fight for the relationship. So he's writing these... Uh, they didn't say it's pathetic. I'm saying he's writing these pathetic notes and slipping it under the door to her. And she's sitting there in her room, all smug. You guys saw she was smiling. Go and watch it for yourself again. She's smiling because she loves the fact that he's groveling. She's a complete narcissist as far as I'm concerned. You And she even said it. Last episode, she said she wanted him to, to see him suffer. So here he is groveling and suffering and she's smiling because that's exactly what she wanted. So she's like, yeah, he keeps giving me notes and he wants another chance and he's giving all these promises. And I think that this whole thing is BS. I just want him to go. And then this is where I'm telling you that she's the bully. And also too, if you guys haven't heard or haven't seen the post that Corey did on Instagram that's now deleted, but it is on our 90 day, the melanated way page. He basically posted this shitty ass post saying that he wasn't going to say Jenny's name and he can't, he can't, uh, eat. he's disgusted by it. All the things it was gross. Right? So keep that in mind because I'm convinced that Evelyn is the one that wrote that post because it was nasty. She says this to camera, you guys on the show, she says, I cannot believe that he had a relationship with that thing. You're going to call another woman a thing, Evelyn. And then you're going to complain all across social media, how people are mean and nasty to you and bullying you. And I'm sorry, but what is that? So when I say from day one, from when you call me a bitch with a microphone, when I say from day one that you are not a woman that supports other women, I stand by that 100%. And I think that until you realize how shitty you are to other women and how you treat and talk about other women, there's no other discussion to be had. You went on national TV to call Jenny a thing who had nothing to do with your shitty ass relationship. You told your man to get out, that it was over, that you didn't want to be with him. You told your man that it took you a whole long time to fall in love with him and that you didn't want to be with him. So he went and met someone else. You didn't even want to marry him. You said you married him for the paperwork so that he could stay in Ecuador. So all the things that you don't want, that you don't want to be with Corey, and then you want to drag Jenny's name and you want to call her a thing and not by her name when she was actually single and was told by your husband that he was single too. But she's the thing? Why is she the thing? Because she was having a relationship with someone who told her that he was single. Explain that to me. You explain how that makes any type of sense. You explain how you disrespecting a woman that didn't know that her boyfriend had a whole full-on wife that kicked him out and said it was over, how she's the problem. Because in, in this little situation, you're absolutely the problem and you don't support women. So when you are ready to not call Jenny a thing, then I will stop dragging you, period. So... Back to Corey and his groveling. He picks some flowers. He's sitting all pathetic on the porch, waiting for uh, Evelyn to come out. And she's like, I want you gone. 
and want you to sign the divorce papers. And if you don't leave, then I'm going to start the legal process against you, which will involve calling the landlord and calling the police if you don't leave. That's really love you. That shows me that you really love Corey and you want to be with him. So not only you're saying that you're mad that he cheated on you, even though you kicked him out and said it was over. Now you want him out of the house that he pays for. You want him to sign divorce papers. And if he does, doesn't do those things, then you're going to go ahead and call the landlord and the police on him. The, the man that you love and the man that you're so mad at that make it make sense. Just make it make sense to me. Make it make sense. And I will be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But until it does, and until you stop calling women things, Evelyn, I'm going to keep calling you out on it, period. That's that. Um, What are y'all saying? What are y'all saying? T. Jones, you're not an idiot. I don't know what's happening in there, but you're not an idiot. Evelyn said she didn't want to involve the police and landlord about signing the divorce. So who is the landlord then? I think, Vicky, she said that for, like, the drama of TV because uh, Corey and Evelyn own that place. They bought that place, like, the last time that he was there. So I think that was just theatrical drama. Oh, T. Jones has gone through the K-1 process. T. Jones, you should come on our show. We should talk about it. All right, guys, that's the show. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up button. And tomorrow we're talking all things The Family Chantel. So same time, same place. Bye now.